Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team here at Tech Advisor. As ever, I am your host, Dom, and we have a full house on the show this week. I am joined by Chris, Lewis, and Toddy. Hello. <laughs> and it stuff. is a busy week. It's a busy, busy week. There has been a lot going on. Uh, so we have plenty to talk about. We are going to start by talking about the Xiaomi 12 series, which had its global launch this week. Um, in classic Xiaomi fashion, it's a slightly strange global launch where we only got pricing in US dollars, but the phone's not coming out in the US, and we got no release date information whatsoever. But it's launched globally. So we are going to talk about all of that uh, and also give our, our, our thoughts on the 12 and the 12 Pro, because between Chris and myself, we have been reviewing those two handsets. Then we are going to turn on to Samsung's new launches. So just a couple of hours ago, Samsung unveiled updates to its Galaxy A series. That's the company's sort of budget and mid-range line of phones. There are three new devices, but sort of four. And we're going to delve into that when we get to it in a little bit. <laughs> and then finally, better late than never, we are going to review the Galaxy S22 Ultra uh, because Lewis has been playing around with that. And we think it is an exciting enough phone that we want to spend the excuse to chat about it a little bit more, <laughs> even if you're already sick to death of us talking about the S22 series. Before that, we're going to run through other little, little bits and pieces from this week, because again, it's been a busy week. There's actually been a lot of news going on. Um, one of the big ones came today from Google, who announced the dates of the Google I.O. developer conference. That is going to take place from May 11th to May 12th over two days. That is exciting because they often make hardware announcements at I.O. So they're going to make lots of software stuff. We'll find out a little bit about Android 13 and things going on there, but we might get hardware. Um, we are kind of hoping we might see the Pixel 6a. We're also hoping we might see the Pixel Watch. If we're being really optimistic, the Pixel Foldable that we think they're working on, but that's probably later in the year. Um, but yeah, May 11th will be the day they have a keynote. So that is the day we might see that sort of hardware from Google. That's actually a bit earlier than we thought because people have been pointing at May 26th as a likely date before. So not sure what's going on there in terms of the dates. But yeah, May 11th, hopefully a Pixel 6a or a Pixel Watch. We will see. Realme has announced yet more phone stuff. It's a bit non-stop with them at the moment. The GT Neo 3 is coming hot on the heels of the GT2 and GT2 Pro. Um, it is going to launch just next week on March 22nd in China. Uh, we actually have also seen a whole load of photos of the phone. In classic Realme fashion, it's a little unclear whether this is the only version of the phone or a special edition of the phone, but they've shown the phone off in two colors uh, to celebrate Le Mans 1966, the uh, classic race where Ford and Ferrari were, you know, at each other. There's a very good film. Go watch it. I, I quite like that. Um, but yeah, we got these nice racing stripe Finnish phones. One in, they're basically, I think they have mirror images, right? One is blue and white and the other is white and blue. I think one's white and black. Ah, I think right, it's black. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, they actually look really nice. They look yeah. a little bit like what Realme did with the first GT, that yellow and black stripe. It's got echoes of that, though it's it's doing a slightly different thing. It's two stripes rather than the one. Um, it's maybe weird. we can do an Adidas one next, next year. <laughs> they, they're the Adidas way up, three right? stripes, yeah. yeah. It's weird um, <laughs> that, like, you mentioned, like, the fact that they've played with the kind of the car associations with, like, the GT in cars. The, mm. the original GT kind of embodied that with that yellow version that Chris there just showed, if you're watching. 
Um, but then with the GT Neo and the Neo 2, they didn't really play into the automotive tie-in yep. much at all. Um, the GT2 series and two like two Pro that we recently reviewed, they are all about kind of environmental focus of the company yep. uh, and what they're doing with the product. So this is the they first look like paper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that classic yeah. car related. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So the fact that they brought it back to cars with the Neo is kind of odd to me. I guess it's just because of that fast charging, and they're going to kind of tie it in with the speed kind of you know. Yes. Parallels, I I'll guess, be honest, still very it's max of a company without a clear plan as to how they're handling this stuff. <laughs> I think they're moving too fast for their own good in terms of the amount of stuff they put out. They just like... Yeah. <laughs> can't but coordinate. that said, I think these look quite nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think they might be my favourite design-wise of the GT series so far because they have echoes of the GT, but I will admit the yellow was always a little much for me. And so that say the blue and white model here looks looks great as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Agreed. It's got a little bit of flair, but it's still kind of muted and, and normal looking. And the other thing they kind of show off is the camera arrangement is quite different. And it actually, mm. to me, feels reminiscent of the Xiaomi 12 range, weirdly, which is something that I just thought it was odd. We'll get to in a bit. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, next week we will find out more about the GT Neo 3. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show. Okay. Apple. We... F- Obviously had a load of Apple launches just recently, and actually they all go on sale tomorrow. Um, But we've also had some fresh rumors about the iPhone 14 series, which look kind of interesting. So first up, we've seen some renders resurface, um, or sort of new renders, the same design we've seen before, which is a a pill-shaped punch hole selfie camera, um, which we'd, we'd heard talk of before. We'd also seen ones with a pill and then a separate circle, but not all in one bit. So still some odd odd kind of selfie camera renders floating around uh, and various people saying they either believe it's rubbish or they do think that is the design and all the leakers at each other. Um, more interesting, I think, is the chipset stuff because we heard yeah. this week that the next-gen processor, the A16 Bionic, may only appear in the iPhone 14 Pro models hmm. and the regular 14 will still use the A15. Yeah. People are going to get mad. It's a weird one. It's a really weird one. They've never done anything like this before, right? I'm I'm not just forgetting a time they kind of did this half-step upgrade. No, I can't think of a single time this has happened. I mean, um, they are saying that the standard 14s might get a slight increase compared to the iPhone 13, like an extra GPU core. Mm. I mean, the average person isn't going to know that. You know, if you just see, here's the A15, even if they call it the A15X, you're like, well, it's not the A16, is it? It's not the yearly upgrade that we've had every year since the creation of the iPhone. I know we're not going to get an SE next year, but it is weird that, you know, for this generation, let's say, including the the iPhone 13 range and the new SE, the one consistent thing is the chipset. So you get that level of power all the way through the range. Obviously, RAM changes and there's other variations going on behind the scenes. But the fact that now they're thinking of introducing a disparity there is is very strange. Very out of character. I mean, on, on the one hand, I get it because the A15 is, you know, it's powerful. Um, oh, sure. mm. you know, it's, it's hitting some, you know, in Geekbench, it's doing numbers even compared to the 8 Gen 1. So there's no real need for Apple to be like, well, let's crank that up another net level. Let's get another year out of this. But the fact they're doing it on the Pro models anyway shows it's already there. You might as well just, you know, just I, whack it on the range. It also makes me wonder what they are going to do for the regular 14 to really justify the, well, not, not just the upgrade, but the why wouldn't you buy a 13 for new buyers next year? You know, if they've got the same chipset, same performance. What yeah. else are they going to do in the 14 to differentiate from the 13 series? Because Price. there's a risk they begin to look very, very similar. 
Yeah. But then that would cannibalize on the older models. I don't know. It's really weird. Well, yeah, because even if they yeah. uh, even if yeah. they go for a price cut, they then have to price cut the old models the as well anyway. Yeah. So it will still be the case that 13 is in the store and cheaper. Um, you know, there were rumors that they were going to have a slight redesign, so they were going to have a nice flat back, you know, no camera bump, kind of more reminiscent of the iPhone 4. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, looking at the, le- the leaks renders from this week, that is not the case. There's a chunky camera bump yeah. on the back. So we might not even be getting that. So that's one less thing to tempt people to get the 14 if they've got a 13. It's very curious. I, d- I do think if they don't upgrade the chipset, they have to do a redesign because, again, that's how they're going to sell people. Um, yeah. I don't see how you persuade people to buy the new one without that, especially because, as we know, a lot of the camera stuff is tied in. So changing the if you leave the chip the same, it's very hard to sell that the cameras have meaningfully improved because we know actually the chip drives so much of that now. So, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting one. That That's one of the first iPhone rumors in a long time that's really taken me by surprise. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Wow. What does, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> it means it's going to be a flop. <laughs> it's going to be a... They're going to have their work cut out if that's the case. Uh-huh. Um, okay, moving on. Honor today has unveiled another phone. The Honor Magic 4 Ultimate, which seems to basically be taking the spot of what would have been a Pro Plus before. I have to say, I do think Ultimate is a better name than Pro Plus. True. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. And it's a nice spin on, on not doing Ultra like everyone else. But yeah, the Honor Magic 4 Ultimate, it is a lot like the Magic 4 Pro, which launched at MWC a couple of weeks ago. It basically has had a camera overhaul. So they now have a quad camera rather than a triple camera. The main camera is using a larger sensor. It's still 50 megapixel, but it's now a 1 over 1.12 inch sensor at an aperture of f1.6, which is pretty wide for a phone. Um, then they've also upgraded the wide angle. They say it has what they're calling a dual freeform lens. I'm not 100% clear on what that means. Freeform lenses are the lenses we're seeing in ultrawides. They're about reducing edge distortion. They say it's a dual freeform lens and has the lowest edge distortion of any phone on the market. So, does it bend it the other way? I don't know. <laughs> the whole lens is like a wave you get up the and opposite down. Of yeah. fish. You get the opposite of fisheye where everything bends inwards. So, I'm not quite sure what the dual means in that sense. But yes, they are claiming that ultra wide has very, very, very minimal edge distortion. Um, you get them the same telephoto. And then they've thrown in the spectrum enhanced camera. That we saw on the Magic V foldable. Um, they basically, the, the line they give on this, I, again, it's another camera, I still don't fully understand what they're claiming it does. But they say it helps pull out extra details in environments like misty areas. And somehow Interesting it, it's choice. doing something to pull out more info. I'm still a little unclear yeah. on what that means. Um, it also equates to a ceramic back, uh, but otherwise a lot of the specs are the same with one oddity that it drops the wireless charging from 100 watts down to 50 watts. So what was kind of the big, in a way, the big, unique, fastest wireless charging in the world on the Pro isn't there on the Ultimate, which is a little strange. It's not, it's not very old. No, <laughs> I wonder if there's a heating thing there to do with the ceramic. That's all I can think, that the change in back material had an impact on their ability to uh, mm. manage the heat in the same way. But that's wild speculation on my part. Anyway, this is a China only, at least for now, I expect forever, given that they're only given it a Chinese launch. Um, and oddly enough, they're just saying it will launch later this year. But no more info on what that means. Um, and last but not least, Huawei has also announced some stuff. Um, the P50e 
and a couple other little announcements. Toddy, you, you watched their stream and uh, brushed up on your Mandarin at the same time, I guess. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. No, yeah. I, you got to hand it to Richard Lai. He basically stood on stage and talked nonstop for, I'm going to say two hours. Maybe it was longer. I can't really tell anymore. Wow. It was, it was intense. Like that is, uh, I, I guess that's why he's got the job because he clearly has the ability, <laughs> but yeah, he, he chatted about a lot of stuff. They covered their, um, partnership with their, there's a Chinese, um, car manufacturer that they're working with. They've got a new kind of wall hub kind of home control system that they showed off, uh, which I think cool. runs Harmony OS. But yeah, in terms of mobile stuff, they showed off a new finish or model of the Huawei Watch 3 with like a light blue strap that looked quite nice. They showed off some new headphones in the FreeBuds 4E, which are kind of their open design, but with ANC, kind of like the regular FreeBuds 4, not the Pro models. Um, and then, yeah, they had the Nova 9 SE um, and the P50E. The P50E is effectively the same as the P50, but with a Snapdragon 778 4G yep. chip in it and slightly different colors. And that is it. It's the same camera system, same screen size, same screen resolution. Everything else is the same. So it's just a cheaper version of the p50 and it is for the time being china exclusive so the yep. fact that we don't even have the p50 in any other markets just the pro um yeah i don't think we're gonna see it anywhere else uh unless this is the p50 model they decide to bring to other markets because it is cheaper yeah. that's Seems the only unlikely. reason i could see it yeah yeah um there was talk it's of a, a sorry what are you gonna say I, I was just gonna say i suspect what you were about to say it's a shame that there had been rumors ahead of time of all sorts of wild things coming out this event including a 5G phone case yes. that could have yes. turned their 4G phones <laughs> into 5G phones by slapping yeah, them in this the, case. I have idea. no idea how that is meant to work. Yeah, and um, Tutu's like Chinese news site reported on this case. Um, I guess mm. it, would rem it reminded me of the Motorola was able to be like one of the first to sell a 5G phone by basically making a Moto mod with a 5G SIM mm. in it. And a Snapdragon, I think it had a Snapdragon 8 something chip in it to allow that 5G functionality to get the modem. And you just stuck it on the back of your 4G Motorola phone. Really weird. Um, they did have some new P50 Pro colorways. They had two leather ones, uh, an right. orange and a kind of ivory. And then they had a glass back one that's supposed to be like fully fingerprint resistant uh, glass called Galaxy Blue. I've heard that before. Yeah. And the other thing they showed off was um, that the glass on these three new colorways is like tougher for drop and impact resistance, like five times okay. stronger than the regular ones. So the ones that already right. are out. So that was it. So you get some new colors with the better glass uh, and a weird P50B with a slightly different chip. And that was a bit, it was a very strange event. And that was I'm only, surprised you know, they held an event for those kind of launches. Like I'm not surprised they're <laughs> launching them, but I'm surprised they wanted to hold a two hour live stream to announce them rather than just... Uh... It seemed to cover every consumer thing out. they they do basically yeah. everything. Um, they gave the mate pad a Chinese price and stuff like that. Uh, mate pad right. paper, excuse me. Um, ah, yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, but it was it was an odd one for sure. And I don't cool. know how much we're going to see outside of China. I suspect not very much. Um, right. Well, let's turn to our first proper topic for today: the Xiaomi 12 and 12 Pro global launch. So, in a sense, there's not a huge amount that is new here. <laughs> um, they have announced that the 12X, the 12 and the 12 Pro are getting global releases. We've been given some pricing um, that the 12X is from $649, the 12 $749 and the Pro $999. Um, as I alluded to earlier, that's a little funny. It's US pricing, but they are not going to sell in the US. So it's more like a reference point for everyone in worldwide markets to figure out roughly what that might mean it costs in their country. Um, 
they will be announcing pricing elsewhere. They will be announcing actual release dates elsewhere, but we, we don't actually have those yet either. Uh, I think what they said for the UK was April. So I imagine that's similar at most places. Certainly I would expect most of Europe to thus also be April, but we don't know for now. Um, so the what we've gleaned is a bit of a hint of the pricing and the fact that all three models are coming to the West, which I think certainly I felt wasn't a guarantee. I'm a bit surprised to see the 12X arrive. I had assumed yeah. the 12X would, would not make the jump. Um, is but, the X yeah. a better or worse version of the 12? I don't fully understand the, the nomenclature there. <laughs> It is worse. It right. is a so the twelve uses the eight gen one. The twelve X is eight seventy. Oh, um, if I'm if I'm remembering that right, and otherwise is the same. It's basically the exact same phone. So it's small like the twelve is, but uh, yeah, it uses a slightly slower chipset. So it's a bit like the P fifty E. Yeah, very similar in the same sort of space. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I've been reviewing the twelve Pro. And Chris has the 12. He luckily got it in the slightly more exciting purple colorway, whereas I have the slightly boring grayish black. So, you know, come on, Xiaomi. Give me the purple one, please. Um, what do you think of the 12? Do they not know you? I know. Now? Everyone should know I want purple phones. I'm not, I'm not subtle about it. Um, what do you think of the 12, Chris? You haven't used that many Xiaomi phones, so I'm kind of curious your perspective as a, as a relative Xiaomi noob. Yeah, I yeah, I probably tested quite a few but probably half a decade yeah. <laughs> ago. <laughs> and 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 not like flagship sort of level ones like this anyway. Um yeah, I do like it. There's a there's a lot that I like about it. Um largely that it's so small. Yeah. You know, it's so compact. Um the screen to body ratio though is really really good, so you still get like a decent amount of screen without the phone feeling. What massive. is the screen size? Um, Six point two eight on on the regular yeah, here, nice. um, and this is Full HD Plus Super AMOLED, uh, one hundred and twenty hertz. Um, it looks quite like the Galaxy S eight, hmm. um, in its aluminium frame. The way it sort of tapers down to a small, hmm. uh, thin bit around there. You know, it's all it's got. You know, the curves all the way around. It's very Galaxy S8, but obviously, you know, with the cameras and yeah. the much better screen to body ratio, it does, you know, look like a 2020. That kind of design is, is what Xiaomi's used for the last few years. I, I do wonder putting the time together, whether it was shortly after the S8 that they first did one like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but certainly that's similar to the, the Mi 11 last year, had the same kind of frame and, and side design. Yeah. These look a lot more elegant. I think that new camera arrangement to me looks nicer than what the Mi 11 brought to the table. Absolutely. I think design-wise is a real step up. I think what's interesting about these is they're kind of conservative looking. Um, yeah. The design is, you know, in a year where we've seen, uh, obviously, the Find X5 Pro from Oppo is, I mean, I guess the Find X3 Pro had already done it, but it's kind of an outlandish design, odd camera module, very reflective. OnePlus shifted up their design with the 10 Pro, which is a big shift. Samsung is playing around with its design language in the S series. Um, this is, A, this isn't a big shift in how Xiaomi is making its phone look, and B, it's quite understated. So I think if you're someone who looks at the like of the Find X5 Pro and goes, I think it's a bit too bold, a bit too attention grabby for you, I think people might really like the look of the 12 and the 12 Pro a bit more because they are subtler. Um, and the only real change is that camera module, which... 
I do think is is really nice. I think that one big lens is a nice touch. And there's a lot of subtle details to the way they put the module together. The fact that the two smaller lenses are flush with the module, they don't stick out at all. There's a few little um, subtle lines that kind of divide the module up, which I really like. Yeah, Yeah. it's such a small touch, but it really improves the look of it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice thing. So design is great and hand feel is, is really, really great. I, I certainly like the the way this, there's a sort of um, almost satiny, glossy feel to the back, which I think I like a lot. I think from Chris's view, Chris wasn't such a fan of, but and I really like the way it feels. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got, yeah, you're right. It is very satin. I kind of, I kind of said a bit frosted mm-hmm. in my review. Um, is it glass back to metal back? It, it is glass. It's Gorilla Glass right. 5. Mine, I don't know if Dom's feels the same to him, but mine feels quite plasticky because of this finish. Um, it doesn't and... feel like glass. I do, my head doesn't go plasticky, yeah. but it doesn't feel like glass the way they've coated it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like it. Chris, clearly less of a fan. So I guess it's one of those ones you'd probably want to go go see one in person in a store if you're toying with it because it, it is a bit of an odd an odd finish. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Gorilla Glass 5 on the back, but Victus on the display, so there is a drop there. Um, which actually also gets to one of the phone's weak points, which is there's no IP rating on the other kind of product uh, protection side. Yeah. So for a phone at this kind of price point, certainly for the pro where it's a grand and there's no IP rating. So that's for me was a big knock when I realized that, because I think it's pretty much taken for granted right now. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but today Samsung announced phones that are below 400 pounds. And both have IP67. Yeah. Um, this is a phone that's more than twice, almost three times the price of those new Samsungs and doesn't have an IP rating. Like That was one of the few traits that I think Sony's Xperia 10, I don't know if the 10 Mark II, but the 10 Mark III had having an IP rating mm-hmm. at, at the mid-range price point, which is really rare. Absolutely. And basically until now, like the, these A, new A-series phones, which we'll get to. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's very surprising that that... Yeah. It's funny because Xiaomi's Redmi phones often have IP53, really? and they're, yeah, but they're mid. They do IP ratings elsewhere. I, I, I was even trying to think. I think Mi so. Eleven had an IP rating. I'm not. I might be wrong, but yeah. Do you think it's, it might actually be waterproof? But they've just not paid out for the IP it, rating. It probably is. You know, I, I doubt it's completely unwater resistant. Yeah. I think it would be very odd for them to make a phone that where they weren't striving for water resistance at all. So I'm sure it is to some extent splash proof and everything. Um, it may be just as safe as an IP67 phone. They just haven't paid for the rating, but we don't know. Yeah, and, and unlike, yeah. say, when OnePlus used to do that, OnePlus would make a point of highlighting the protection it had, but without an IP rating. Xiaomi, as far as I'm aware, hasn't done that. Certainly in my, you know, the materials I've been sent, the briefings I've had, and, and their, their announcement that I watched, I don't remember anything that was kind of highlighting, oh, you can dunk it in water and it's fine. So... They don't seem to be leading that way. And the Mi 11 didn't have anything either. Thank you. Um, It's the same same deal. And like even I would say even the price of the 12x and this is still high enough. They should have it. Yeah. You know, warrant something. Even if it's wireless charging. Yes, they do have wireless charging and fast wireless charging. So all of them have 50 watt wireless charging. Um, Obviously, if you have. A uh, 50 watt Xiaomi wireless charger, which few people will or, or will bother to oh. buy, but yeah, it is there because um, it's like the first things to go on like high end flagship phones that are trying to be more competitively priced. That usually yes. is, you know, it's IP ratings the wireless, and, yeah. and wireless, yeah. 
this does yeah. feel the both of these feel like a little bit uh not that they are it's bad for this but um beyond maybe some of those unique design elements feel a bit flagship by numbers kind of like just hitting all of the obvious points nothing really is pushing boundaries this generation That's is that fair a bit to say? of my feeling as well that i mean the you know even sort of one of the headline features of the 12 pro is 120 watt wire charging but even yeah. that that's not it's not the first Xiaomi phone to do that. They had it on on uh, the Ultra the eleven the... T something. Oh yeah. Um um I think the Ultra had a hundred, but I might be misremembering. <laughs> Rub. But yeah, so you know the, the in a way that's the most exciting thing. That's one of the big gaps between the pro and the regular is 120 watt, but we've seen that already. Um the camera has some some new stuff, but again, nothing crazy. Um they have similar camera setups, but they are different sensors. Uh, certainly uh -huh. on the main camera, they do use different sensors between the 12 and the 12 Pro. It's a bigger sensor um, in the Pro. It's an IMX 707, which is the first phone to use that. Mm. But, um, you know, it's a good camera, it, but it's not a mind-blowing camera. Uh, and it does feel a little bit like they're saving their, saving their shot for the Ultra, and that that will do lots of exciting things. But the 12 and the 12 Pro, I think I think flagship by numbers is a good way of putting it. They, they take a lot of boxes. They have a lot of the features you would expect. Obviously, IP rating is a big one that they're missing. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's anything here I'd say, well, the Xiaomi, you know, the 12 Pro compared to the OnePlus or the Oppo or the S22 series, there's not that many things I'd pick out here and say, well, this one does that, that the others don't. The closest is that 120 watt wired charging. But again, even that isn't new to this phone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm also a fan. I don't want to sound too down on these. I, I, we yeah. both gave, the, gave them four stars. I do have a few... I wanted to like this phone more than I did. One of my complaints is the standard Xiaomi one for me, which is I don't like MIUI very much. And it doesn't feel to me like it's improving particularly. Um, you know, it used to be the complaint with sort of um, Oppo with ColorOS and before that with Huawei with EMUIs. You'd complain that the, the software is annoying, but equally always with that caveat of, but it's better than last year. And, <laughs> and every year it was sort of like, it's still annoying me a bit, but it is better than it was. And as a color OS now, I think is very good. And I have no real complaints about color OS. MIUI, I, I don't think Xiaomi is improving it, at least to my taste. And they seem quite happy for it to stay roughly in the, the, the space it's in. Is the fundamental issue a matter of bloat, a matter of convoluted like interaction, or is it just like the aesthetic of it just doesn't feel right? Like the way it animates and moves around? Like what is the main kind of gripe for you that you don't like? Or is it all of all, this? All of those. <laughs> all of the, the above. Holistic collective <laughs> yeah, of that, right? it, okay. it's quite ugly. Um, yeah. It has limited customization compared to other things. And let's say, for example, it's, it's Android 12, but it doesn't have Material U. And not everyone's incorporated Material U, to be fair. Mm. So Samsung has. Samsung has built that into their to yeah. One UI. Um, Xiaomi hasn't put that into MIUI. Um, so I don't really like the look of it. The settings menus are awful. So convoluted. It's impossible to find what you're looking for in the settings. Um, it's just That's always been the case for me with Xiaomi phones. So deeply unintuitive. Um, and yeah, loads of bloat. You get six or seven apps pre-installed. Spotify, Amazon Shopping, something called Joom which I opened once just to see what it was, and now it gives me notifications all the time, and I don't <laughs> want it to. Um, and, you know, like, ads to install more apps and things like that. Um, and, and then to make matters worse for me, I've had a lot of bugs on it as well. And Chris hasn't, to be fair, on his 12, but my 12 Pro has been quite buggy. Um, I've had some audio problems. I've had some dark mode has thrown up some visual issues sort of in the settings menu, weird little 
um, display problems and stuff like that. Once um, I used it to set my alarm overnight, woke up in the morning and the alarm was going off, but I couldn't actually see the alarm on screen to do anything about that. Oh, fine. And even when I then went and opened the alarm, <laughs> the clock app, it like wasn't showing my alarm there for me to do anything with. <laughs> Somehow I fixed it by going into like the open apps in like the, you know, sliding up on the home menu. screen, the multitasking menu, oh. to find the clock app that way. And that way of oh. getting to the app had the alarm there that I could turn <laughs> off. But just opening the app the other way didn't have it. Uh, absolutely baffling. And not what you want to deal with at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> I say, well, the maybe, it's going a, <laughs> maybe it's a just, you know, that's a design feature just to make sure that you wake up and you stay oh, awake. Oh, yeah. I was awake by the end of that process, <laughs> yeah, but not happy about it. Uh, I am a natural snoozer when my alarm goes off. And oh, yeah. by, by the time I'd figured out how to how to get there, I was past snoozing and, and very frustrated by the experience. So... Yeah, I, I still don't love the software. I, I don't think it's so bad that I would say, you know, don't buy this phone because the software is bad, but it, it is it is a weak point. And, yeah. you know, few of their competitors have that weakness anymore is the problem. Um, and the other issue for me has been battery life, which is uh, frankly quite poor. Um, I think this is probably more of a problem for the Pro because it only has a, a 100 milliamp hour bigger battery than the regular model does, despite a much larger screen at a higher resolution. Yeah. Um, I have found the 12 Pro, obviously, you know, brand new, just using it for a week or two. It scrapes to the end of the day. Um, I've never had it die before the end of the day. Well, I had it die once I was on a, you know, a, a video call with my girlfriend in the evening and it died partly during that. But I kind of that was at 1030 p.m. or something, but it died during the call. Um, otherwise, it's just, yeah, going to bed with six percent left kind of thing. Right. But if that's when it's new, then six months in, it will definitely be dying before, yeah. before that. And that was, to be honest, with what I would say is relatively light use for my from my part, at least. Um, I think some of that is software because one of the odd things I noticed was on a few days, it listed Wi-Fi as the biggest battery drain. And that is wrong. Either it's yeah, reporting small. something wrong <laughs> yeah, that's weird. and it wasn't Wi-Fi that was draining it or there were software problems that were causing the Wi-Fi to aggressively consume battery. Sure. Either way, that's probably something fixable and it will get, you know, patched and maybe that will improve the battery life and there'll be other things like that. But, you know, I've got to review it as it is in front of me and as it is, the software has been quite buggy and the battery life has been quite bad. Those kind of bugs surprise me just because they aren't really language-based stuff. I can imagine stuff no. in the translation yeah. of the OS for like global use has issues. But yeah, connectivity, stuff like that does surprise me a little bit that that hasn't been caught before. Given, given that the phones have been out for two and a half months in China now. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's worth saying, uh, Chris, you, you didn't have those problems on the 12, did you, battery-wise? No, not so much. Um, it would get me through a day fine. Like, it's, you know, there are plenty of other phones around that can get you too, though. Yep. So it's kind of just sort of in the middle. It's not, it's not bad, but it's not like, whoa, this just keeps yeah. going and going. It's 4,500 milliamp hour um and yeah it depends obviously depends what you're doing if like i don't play you know cod mobile and things like that so i i could get through a day but i think if you did while you're commuting and stuff you would probably be in a similar situation yeah. so and is, or is it same what's the charging speed on the regular model versus the pro 67 watts uh, so 67 they both have 50 watt wireless um, but yeah, 67 versus 120. So, I mean, still fast. 
still it's still pretty pretty good. fast. That's what, so, half yeah. an hour full charge. Um, well, the funny yeah. thing with 120 on the Pro is you've got to you've got to enable that manually. So ah. it has what's called boost mode, which will activate the full 120 watts. Um, it's not clear what speed it's charging at if you don't enable boost mode. I need to get one of those USB-C cables that tells you the wattage. I really want one. I've, yeah, um, I've, been, I've been eyeing those up for a while. So I need to get one of those because as it is, I, I couldn't tell what speed it was charging at without boost mode. But yeah, you have to manually... You have to A, go into the settings menu and tell it that you want boost mode to work in general. And B, it's that when you plug it into the compatible charger, it will still then bring up a notification option to turn it on or not. Which says to me they're really worried that this thing, this charging is going to hurt the battery um, because they're giving you every option to not use it. Like, are you sure <laughs> you want to use this? Like, I um, haven't seen stats from Xiaomi on their like cycle, like how many cycles before like, no, the battery I'm not degradation sure what the kicks in. They probably don't publish it. Yeah. But Apple I also does, have to say, does, like, I did not do. get the speeds that they say it gives you either way. Um, really? Because they say 120 watts will give the Pro a full charge in 18 minutes. Um, I didn't time how long it took to get me a full charge. But at 15 minutes, the most I could get it to was 70. And there's no way it's doing 70 to 100 in the last three minutes. Yeah, so no, that's not right. It would slow it, down, it, if anything, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah. So it was still doing 100 in, in less than half an hour. It's doing incredibly fast charging. At this point, it's splitting hairs, whether it does it in 18 minutes or 20 minutes or, or whatever. But yeah, I think there are some big asterisks to that fast charging for me. Um, and again, I don't know how much this comes down to software issues and, and optimizations that are missing and, and problems there. So um, it just to note, the the wireless charger that I've got is a Xiaomi 55 watt. So I, I did a half an hour wireless and it got 77, which is the fastest I've seen on wireless uh, phone that I've That's pretty cool. It yeah. is cool. <laughs> I just always also. I'm sure. I'm sure that it would lied when I was doing the wired charge mm. as well at one point because I was. It was at 99, and I was topping it up to 100 to do the battery test. And you know, the screen comes up and gives you the chart. You know, you can see the numbers going up to two decimal places. It was going. 99.27 99.34 and then it was going up and i i was like and then the screen went off so i yeah. unlocked it and thought right well it'll be at 100 in about what 10 15 yeah. seconds then waited like 30 seconds and was like nope still not yeah. 100 pulled the pulled the charger out put it back in and then it started at 99 again and <laughs> i was like that's just lies <laughs> just like that that huawei sounds Overlay, overlaying a fake picture of the moon when you zoom in or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so untrusting of all super zooms yeah, on yeah, all phones that one now. Was awful. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so th there's a lot I like about these phones. It's worth, I guess, briefly talking about the camera. We should move on in a second um, to, to talk about the Samsungs. But camera performance is impressive. I know I mentioned it briefly earlier. Um, the Pro setup is is cool. It's a triple camera, 50 meg each for the main ultra wide and telephoto. And it's a good camera. It, it is impressive. I think it's very, very, very good in, in good lighting. Um, in low light, the main and the telephoto hold their own, but the ultra wide really drops off. It, it doesn't have any stabilization. Um, so th th that kind of makes sense. So I don't think the telephoto has OIS either. I think it's just the main lens that has OIS. But results are good i just again it's that 
it's it's very good, but it's not the best. You know, I think you could look at maybe think the S twenty two plus certainly the Find X five Pro would would probably ed edge this in in picture quality for me. So I'm a bit hesitant with with the twelve Pro at least because. It's a very, very good phone, and I loved last year's Mi 11, and I wanted to love this one too. And instead, I've come away a bit like, well, it's good, but yeah. if you know you want a Xiaomi for some reason, great, you'll you'll have a good time with this. If you're a fan of MIUI or something like that, or you've got some reason to pick out that brand, or if you really like the design of this or something like that, great. This is a good phone. I think anyone who buys it will probably be pretty happy with it. But it just doesn't quite do enough to beat out the competition, and I think anyone looking at it should really be make sure to look at what else is around the price because i think a lot of people will probably find some compelling reason to actually buy one of the rivals yeah all of which just have a little more they offer that's kind of unique to them yeah it's basically the conclusion i came to when i'd finished my review i was like there isn't really much i don't like about mm. this the ip rating is the main yeah. thing that i that i always <clears> want on any phone but then it was like okay right now consider what else i would buy around this yeah. price and i'm like well yeah the s22 is not much more and the pixel 6 which i normally use is only 599 it's just like they both have ip68 they both have great cameras and it's just like you know and the software is better on both so it's just like mm, yeah i don't know why i would buy this unless i was you know brand loyal. Do we know uh Xiaomi's update policy this generation whether it's any different literally just pulling that up just to double check um <laughs> it's it's three years of android updates and a fourth of patches which is good hey, that's um, good like, it's not as good as samsung but it is it's the same as google basically so it matches yeah, the pixel, um, yeah. it, it is a solid promise in, in that like, respect yeah. and just to note the the cameras on the regular are a lot worse in uh you know <laughs> compared to the pro you only get a 13 megapixel ultra wide again with no ois and then the third one is a five megapixel tele macro which for a macro lens is one of the best ones i've tried but that's partly because most of them are crap two megapixel ones <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't be there in the first place um but this one does at least have autofocus and it's a that you know, good you can yeah. get some nice that results from difference. it but i just feel like who I don't think many people buying a phone care or want. How much lens, cheaper so. is the the regular from the Pro? Two hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Two fifty. Two or two fifty. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So it's a big price gap. It's quite. Mm. A, it's quite a big gap. So, so the Pro is bigger screen, um, better screen because it's LTPO. So you're getting that, which in theory should help with the battery life, but doesn't seem to be. Um, <laughs> it's technically a bigger battery, but worse battery life. Faster wired charging. Um, and different camera setup. But not that much faster. And yeah, the, the, the wide charging has its own caveats. But yeah, yeah, the main thing is the camera difference and the size. It's a, you know, it's a 6.7 inch with the with the Pro, so it's that classic big flagship phone kind of space. Um, the other thing to note just on the software side, because we mentioned the 12X briefly, we haven't tested the 12X. We have, we have a freelancer working on a 12X review for us. Um, it is basically the 12, but it ships with the 870 instead of the HM1, so it's an older, older chipset. With that comes the fact that I think I'm trying to. I was trying to pull up the information to confirm, but I couldn't. can do it while we we're on the show. Um, I think it ships with Android 11 rather than 12, and doesn't get the same update promise. Right. So there is a software caveat to that as well, because otherwise I'd really probably point everyone to that instead of the 12 and say, hey, save 100 bucks. Your chipset's a bit worse, but you probably won't ever notice. Yeah. But I think you're you're missing out on some software side there that makes the 12x 
a little trickier to recommend actually and you don't get wireless charging ah, and you don't get wireless charging thank you yeah i forgot about that um so for that hundred dollar difference i would go for the 12 actually in that space anyway let's turn to the galaxy a series because we got a few phones there to go through um so these were announced today samsung briefed us on two phones and announced mm. three phones and then some other bit of Samsung accidentally announced a fourth phone. <laughs> so let's go through it. I, I have seen the A33 and the A53. Um, these are kind of the main phones that they've announced today. Um, we actually have a video on the YouTube channel where I, I compare the two of them and, and set them side by side. So go check that out if you want to see some hands-on footage of those two phones and get some more in-depth thoughts uh, on, on those specifically. So they are both kind of at the lower end of mid-range. Um, the A33 is £329 in the UK. I don't think it's coming to the US. The A53 is £399 and it's $449. So the 53, I mean, the obvious point of comparison is it's basically the same price as the iPhone SE. Um, it, it's a little bit cheaper in the UK, a little bit more expensive in the US, but close enough to basically be the same. Um, there's also a very cheap A13, which is £180. I'm not sure it's pricing in any other markets. And then we were all expecting the A73. And during the live stream, no mention of the A73. During my briefing, no mention of the A73. The press releases we got from Samsung, no mention of the A73. And then enterprising Toddy here checked the Samsung Global Newsroom, uh, where in their press release on there, there's just this one line at the bottom. I'm going to find it again and bring it up to read. Yeah. This and it is just the, says from the A33, A53 press release. It's not. Yeah, even the press about release is just. Yeah, not about the, the, it at all. And all this, this is one line. This is the only official mention of this phone. Another new addition to the Galaxy A series, the Galaxy A73 5G, will also be available in select markets on April 22nd. And that's it. <laughs> it no was... specs, no pictures, <laughs> no nothing. Don't know which select markets they are, but it's coming next month, apparently. That's the on-sale date, not even when they're going to announce yeah. it. That's when it's going to be available to buy in a month, but we know nothing else about it. Um, this smacks to me of a line in a press release that was cut from every other press release, yep. and they <laughs> forgot to cut it from this, this one. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right? The A73 was going to be announced for whatever reason it didn't happen, and accidentally someone put it as a footnote here, and it wasn't meant to be. That's all I can think here. The A50-whatever of the past few years has always been like the kind of flagship of the a series if that makes sense it's like the poster child the one that they push even mm. if it's not necessarily the most powerful it's the one that sells the best one that, typically yeah. yeah um and for the past few generations it, the launches have always centered around the 50 and 70 of those respective generations so yes. it was to me very surprising when you told me you'd just been pre-briefed on just the a33 and the 53, and the 53. yeah because the 30 series usually is that what the a73 is getting this year it doesn't really yeah. get a mention it just launches mm -hmm. and then people buy it because it's cheap or cheaper yep. in the mid-range space uh but then at the same time and we can get into that in a second like from what you were telling me the jump for the a33 is arguably one of the most significant of this generation's upgrades i i think that's why they want to hype it a bit because the a53 is really impressive but actually if you look at it year on year not that much has changed it's just that it was quite good before and there's a few they've changed a few small things those small changes are good changes and it's enough to really elevate it a bit but actually a lot of the spec sheet is really the same um the a33's had a really big year on year jump and, and the 33 looks a lot better than the 32 
Um, 73, who knows? The problem they've always had with the seven, the A7s before is that they run a little bit too close to, say, the, flat, the, the cheaper flagships, uh, like the FEs, the S20 FE and the S21 FE. The price of an A70 starts to get quite close to the price of those. And it, it runs a little bit into that space where it's not, not as affordable. Um, so who knows what they're thinking there. Anyway, the A53 and A33 are nice-looking phones. They have a lot in common, really a lot in common. Um, they both have AMOLED displays. They both are basically the same design, which is plastic, but a quite nice-feeling plastic. It's not that glass stick that they like to do, where it, it, it's <laughs> plastic designed to feel like glass. It is. It is. It owns up to being plastic. Um, but they've got this curved camera module design that's a bit like the Find X stuff from Oppo, but... Mm -hmm you know, more knowingly plastic, um, nice range of colors, black, white, and then a light blue and peach color. Um, they are all awesome, awesome black and awesome peach and stuff like that. But, you know, Ugh. whatever. <laughs> um, they both have the same chip, which is an Exynos 1280, which is a brand new chip. It was announced with the phones today. I can't really tell you a lot about it. It's five nanometer and it's octa-core. And that's about all Samsung has really said in terms of performance. So we that's, in a way, the big question mark still around these phones. Because if we get them and the performance is rubbish, then it really lets down the rest of the experience. Yeah. Um, for context, I think the A52, or at least the A52 5G, had a, like a Snapdragon 778 or something like that. Sounds right. So yeah. a high 7, a good 7 series. So I think that's the level I would imagine these are, these are at, the equivalent of a good 7 series snapdragon so should be pretty solid should be decent mid-range performance not not flagship by any means but, but good enough for most people uh, both have 5000 milliamp hour battery samsung is quoting as a two-day battery life both have 25 watt fast charging and um both have ip67 water resistance and that's stereo speakers that's pretty good which is cool and that's cool <clears throat> for the the a53 which is a 400 pound 450 dollar phone but the A33 is 330 quid. So like I said, that's basically a third of the price of the Xiaomi 12 Pro. And it's still got stereo speakers and an IP rating. There's not a lot of mid-range phones I'm excited to like test out. Like the Nords are always fun to play with, like the OnePlus yep. Nords. But like, and the A-Series never usually kind of no. my interest. But no. these ones really sound genuinely quite cool. And I love yeah. the design that they introduced last year. So the fact that's carrying on is great too. Exactly. It's an evolution of last year's design because I thought I saw last year's A-Series looked brilliant and these just feel like a natural progression of that. I think these mm. look really, really great for what, for what they are. And they're, they're fairly thin. They're, I think, 8.1 millimeters thick. So okay. um, not bad. They're, they're both below 200 grams. So they're light. They're, they're thinish. Um, they're, they're nice designs. The big differences between the two basically all boil down to display and cameras. So display is, in a way, the big one. Um, the A53 is 120 hertz, whereas the 33 is 90 hertz. The 53 has what Samsung calls an Infinity O display, which just means it has a whole bunch of camera, whereas the 33 is Infinity U, which means it has the kind of teardrop notch. I noticed the A13 is an Infinity V, and I cannot remember what an Infinity V is yeah, if it's not an Infinity the v. U. It's like, what's the difference? What? <laughs> I can't remember a teardrop that's like a sh like sharp pointed <laughs> camera, is it that? so it it's can't more be that. Like the OnePlus Six series, where it kind of starts way earlier in the top bezel, and like maybe that's I it. I don't know. Yeah, it's still so weird that they even bothered to differentiate. 
and yeah, implement it, different very odd um so yeah slightly different display specs the display is actually also technically a bit smaller on the 33 it's 6.4 rather than 6.5 inches the phones oh. are the same size there's just a bit bigger bottom bezel on the yeah. 33 uh, really not not a lot i think if someone hadn't pointed it out to me i'm not sure i'd even clocked the difference but technically it's there and that's um, a big upgrade from the 23 which was i think a ips lcd panel you mean the 32 uh 32 yes yeah um yeah so you know bigger 90 hertz amoled you're getting an in-display fingerprint sensor all that kind of stuff it's a big jump no matter what 90 to 120 is fine i think 90 hertz is is good enough it's a nice panel um the ip rating is is is, a new, is new to this year um i think the stereo speakers are new to this year for the 30 series um yeah there's there's quite a lot that, that's an upgrade there cameras are different they both have basically the same setup though it's just megapixel counts so they're both um a main and an ultra wide and then a depth and a macro and then the only real difference is sort of it's 64 megapixel main on the 53 48 megapixel on on the 33 and, and other spec changes along those lines um, but the other really good thing actually which i keep forgetting as i'm kind of thinking about these phones but uh, it sneaks in there is they both have ois on the main lens which again at this price That's is cool. amazing a 330 yeah. pound phone with wow. an ois main camera is I'm not sure there is a cheaper phone with OIS. No. That's another um, one of those features like while it's charging that like immediately like loses out yeah. the moment you go behind like 500 Exactly. There are, there are phones twice this price that don't ship yeah. OIS on the main lens. Um, and it's easy for them to leave out because a lot of people buying phones around that price won't no. really know no, what it exactly. is if they yeah. saw it written yeah. down in a phone yeah. shop anyway. And the EIS so. is good enough for a lot of users. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, these, these both look really impressive to me, particularly the 33. I think for its price, the 33 yeah. feels like, wow. Um, the 53 is interesting because obviously I've re you know complained a lot about the iPhone SE last week, but, mm -hmm. you know, this is the same price as the SE and it really knocks the SE out of the park in, in my view. Um, the SE wins on chipset, obviously. Uh, you know, it has the highest end Apple, Apple chipset. I, we don't know what the Dimensity 1280 is capable of, but I'll very happily put money down on it being a, a lower performer than the A15 Bionic. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's uh, there's any there's any room for doubt there, um, and there's no wireless charging here, which which Apple does have on on it. But otherwise, this wins a lot of cases. And you know, little things like we were talking about OIS, like that has OIS, that will make this have a much better night mode performance. I would imagine mm. it should be really solid though. And you know, the SE doesn't even have night mode. And this is going to you know, have quite good night mode because of OIS. And also a big one that you kind of told us about before we started recording was the, um, obviously it differentiates, which you weren't told between the two models, mm. but the software situation. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So the, the, the this is in a way the most exciting upgrade, actually. So I completely forgot about it and haven't mentioned it at all. Um, <laughs> the Samsung is promising four years of Android updates for Just the A53 mad. and three years of Android updates for the 33. Which, I mean, again, so that means the 33 has the same update promise as the Xiaomi 12 series, and the 53 at half the price has an extra year of updates that the Xiaomi 12s aren't getting. Um, and again, with the iPhone comparison, you know, happily be upfront, that is not as good as what Apple will offer. Apple is still updating the original SE, and that's six years old. <laughs> it's crazy. So but good. How many people are still using a phone for six years? You know, yeah. uh, it's good that they do it, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I'll happily celebrate that. And, and more phone makers should do that but in real terms how many people buying a phone expect to use that phone for six years 
expect to care about getting software updates for six years. But four years feels like that matters. That's a good. That's a time frame that covers. Surely, ninety percent of phone users will end up changing phones within a four-year period. Um, yeah. But now they are all going to be covered for all that time. And yeah, that kind of update promise on a phone this this affordable, fantastic, really fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's genuinely very exciting mid ranges that I wasn't yeah. expecting. And they didn't. I think it was the one of the A one somethings last year was in the top ten best selling phones globally. But the fives, the fifty two series, didn't quite match their predecessors' success. Mm. With the improvements here, I would I could totally see the thirty series this year being be in a, that. That could be big. I'm really surprised big. it's not launching in the US from what I can see, the 33. Yeah. The Samsung US release has just mentioned the 53 and the 13. We will so talk about think... that market lacking good mid-range options. <laughs> but then they never released them. It's so strange. <laughs> um, fascinating that 33 isn't, isn't coming out in the US. But the 53 is, and I think they're going to push that very hard in the US market, I, I would imagine. Mm. Um, so It's slightly cheaper than the A52S as well. Yeah. Um, at least I in don't pounds, the official RRP of the A52S is 409 yes. right. so the A53 is £10 cheaper. Yeah, though so I think it's the same price as the 52 5G was, though I'd right. have to go and triple check right. that. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure we'll get an S either, Toddy. I think this mm. is good enough, especially with chip shortage and stuff. I don't see what the incentive for them would be to do a refresh, yeah. um, but you never know. I've you know, the vagaries of phone companies like this is very hard to predict. But <laughs> I like the look of these a lot. I think they are, like I said, I think the 53 is interesting because it does a lot of the same things that the iPhone SE does. You know, the things that excite me about it are things like it's got an IP rating, which to be fair, the 52 5G had as well. But it's got an IP rating. It's got this long-term software support. It's got stereo speakers. It's, uh, you know, got a good camera setup and a pretty decent chip that you don't always see at these price points, certainly not that well-rounded a package and not those flagship niceties. And those are the things that people say, well, that's why the SE works. It's because it has all that stuff. And that's part of the justification for the, the old design and the display as well. Look, yeah, but they're giving you software support un until you die and, and stuff like that. But the Samsung one does that and still packs an FHD plus display in a reasonable size and slim bezel and, and all of that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And for those listening, you can it's go really and nice... read Dom's op-ed on that as well. <laughs> yeah. That, there's a longer version of that rant on the website on techbuzzer.com if yeah. you want to go Sorry, and read Chris. that. Yeah. It's a really nice set of headline features yep. that you know Samsung is going to, you know, spend a decent amount of marketing budget yep. on and, like, consumers will be like, oh, yeah, great. I can't afford an S22, yep. but... That looks great. But I just love that it's a, a mid-range Galaxy. I and mean, we haven't reviewed it yet. Maybe we review it and we think these are pants. But on, on, on paper, <laughs> twist. Maybe. Um, these maybe feel like mid-range mid -range Samsungs we can really wholeheartedly recommend that look like they're going to hold their own with the, with the yeah. affordable Xiaomi's and Oppo's. Um, and by doing a different thing. You know, they're not trying to put in a Snapdragon 8 series chip into a £200 phone like Xiaomi does. They're packing a different set of features in that make it a compelling alternative to those kind of over-specced but, you know, lacking in other areas, mid-budget and mid-ranges we see from other people. I think they're recognizing they can't beat Xiaomi at that kind of throw hideous specs into a phone and, and, and flog it for cheap mentality, yeah. which produces great handsets. Like, you know, I love a lot of the Poco phones, so I don't want to sound too dismissive of that, but it's a different approach. And it's nice to see Samsung 
figuring out how to make their approach work in a way that before I think they used to throw out really mediocre mid-range devices and just trust that their brand would sell it. Yeah. Which worked for a while, but you know, I don't think that works forever. Mm. Um, cool. Well, having, having sung Samsung's phrases a little bit, let's turn to our last thing. Air them down, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Rip the S22 Ultra to shreds. We hate it. Um, no, I don't think it's a massive spoiler to say Lewis is quite a big fan of the S22 Ultra, um, which has a four and a half star review, I believe. Yeah, I think it is. Pretty yeah, respectable. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Glowing um, praise. Oh, there you go. There's a review. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So see you later, guys. Yeah, no. Um, so I haven't really had the experience of like a proper high end samsung you know I've, I've done the s22 plus which is fairly high end but this is you know this is the all bells and whistles this is it um and yeah i was pleasantly surprised um i think my my biggest praise for it is rather unsurprisingly the s pen um yep. it's integrated this time just like a certain brand of samsung phones that aren't in <laughs> manufacture anymore and also the, do you know, let's just let's get this out of the way this is a note this it just is, 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 is as yeah. I know. Look at the design of it. It's got the pointed yeah. angles. It has nothing in common Ultra. with the other S22. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Okay. The only re- the only reason this is an S22 is because it's called an S22. If not, it's a note. So yeah. So expect no they, things from this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that they could have really have just called it the S22 it, note. It was I don't in understand there. Why you, that was rumored. Why you yeah. do that. I don't know why they didn't. I think that would have made a lot of sense for them. People would have understood exactly. it. It's like we're merging, you know, we're merging the note range into our S range. So now you can choose yeah. the S whatever note. And note's been around longer than and Ultra. You know what you're getting. It's like a naming convention for yeah. Samsung. Yeah. So like, oh, and you've got, you know, you've got people that are dedicated to the note brand as well. So they yeah. would think, you know, their ears will prick up as soon as they hear that. I only worry that, I well, I think maybe they would have worried that just calling it the S22 note wouldn't convey things like it has the best cameras of any Samsung phone. Yeah. It has the best display of any Sam. You know, all these other things it does that are the best in class. Yeah. I guess they feel like Ultra sells that it does all of that. Whereas Note, you might just be like, oh, it's like the S22, but it's got a stylus. Yeah. But yeah, they I need mean, to sell. Yeah. No, no, no. It does a lot that the other S22s do. It's more. Do. <laughs> Having used the S21 Ultra and the Note 20 Ultra, I feel like the move to the 6.8 inch screen on that phone, that little drop from the last note was i don't know why it's like just really really good like hugely yeah. improves the, the, the hand feeling <laughs> user experience i don't know if you found that i know you haven't used those other phones but like yeah as big phones go this is a nice big phone right yeah no it's really nice and the, the, i really appreciate the slight curvature you know i've been saying for yeah. a while that i like the sharp edges of the iphone and i do i love my iphone 13 um design but yeah, there is something really nice about having a curved back. It just it sits in the palm really nicely, and it does give you that extra grip. Mm. Um, and it is also helped that you know the, the display is curved, but only ever so slightly, so you don't have that annoying uh, the issue with your palm kind of opening apps and doing stuff like that. Mm. So it's for me, it's just a really nice blend of you know it's still big. It's, some people will still struggle to use this phone one handed because it is a big phone, but it's nowhere near as big and unwieldy as it could have been, you know, looking at competing gaming phones that are kind of got the similar uh, size displays and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that, I think that is a really nice uh, design aspect. But um, for me, yeah, like I, was, like I kind of alluded to earlier, it's all about the S Pen performance for me because I'm a huge fan of the Apple Pencil. And for me, the Apple Pencil, uh, the second gen Apple Pencil has been kind of the one to beat for uh, mm-hmm. tablets, for phones, that kind of thing. Um, and that's mainly due to latency because it was 
used to be 20 milliseconds, and then Apple got it down to 9 milliseconds with uh, some iPadOS tweaks, which is, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, until Samsung comes along and says, hey, yeah, we had 9 milliseconds before. Now we've reduced it to 2.8 milliseconds, which is just crazy. So that what that means to people that don't really understand this kind of thing is that when that pen when that pen touches the display, you know, that it's instant. You see the marking from the pen. It feels like you're writing in real life. There's a slight, slight delay, but it's really not that noticeable. I've I've been um testing out the Tab S8 Ultra, which has obviously the same the same setup and yeah, it's it's amazing how I I'm not a big stylus user, so I have to admit I don't have a lot of direct experience with with, with yeah. rivals and that sort of thing. But yeah, the, there's an immediacy to using these latest S pens and, and the screens. It's so them. nice, it's very impressive. I feel yeah. like Apple might have to up its game in refresh rate as well, because that is also going to play into this, right? If you're like doing very like broad, quick sketching, mm. yeah. Not only is latency of the pen important, but also the screen refreshing quick enough to represent what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're both matched at 120 hertz, but I imagine, yeah, the, the touch sample rate and stuff like that have got, has got mm. to play into it somewhere mm-hmm. as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that means uh, for note-taking, um, for drawing, you know, I, I, there's, there's a drawing app on there, which I really liked. Um, and it basically lets you sketch a kind of overlay like um, existing pictures and you can kind of just draw over them. Nice. Um, yeah. It's a nice little, you know, nice and zen. Um, and it's yeah stuff like that, and you, you can just pop the pen out at any time. You can just start writing on the screen, um, and that will save it as a Samsung Note, which you can access a bit later. So it's just little handy things like that. You, there's a little button on there you can use as a shutter for the camera, um, and yeah. So, so someone that doesn't have a stylus on my iPhone for everyday use, I'll, I'm really sad. <laughs> I'm really sad to go back to the iPhone and not so have this stylus. Yeah, the, you know the the classic Apple pitch of like why it would be ridiculous to have a stylus on an iPhone. If you see a stylus, they ruined it or whatever. The, yeah, the yeah. quote was from Steve Jobs. Yeah, but this um, is arguing before. I want, I want, I do mm. want <laughs> embedded inside the phone specifically because I couldn't deal with the hassle of like the S twenty one Ultra where it was it worked with an S pen, oh, but it wasn't inside. Yeah. yeah, that was such a weird half step. I I don't really understand. Why they why they went there? This, I guess like, they were still nonsense. selling the note at the time. They still had the note twenty ultra, I think, on their store. I guess that's true. Yeah. So that's the only reason I can think of why they wouldn't have just oh they or would. just like engineering. They just decided to add it later in the development process of the of that phone. Whereas this that one they might kind of well started out with this. You know. Yeah, I think you might have nailed it there. Mm. But, so yeah, so the um the S Pen experience is top notch. Completely thumbs up there. If you if you know if you do writing, drawing, and anything like that, you'll have a lot yep. of fun with this. Um, but. It's not just about the S Pen, of course. Everything about this phone is is flagship. Um, you've got the eight uh, 6.8 inch um, WQHD Plus display, 120 hertz. Uh, that's adaptive it's all the way down to one hertz, yes. all the way up to 120. Um, the and you can have that. Oh, I should probably say you can have the full 120 hertz at the full resolution as well. I think that was the case with last year, but I know it has been a bit funny in recent. At the Samsung beginning, phones. you couldn't. Yeah, yeah but yeah, now, and the now, last yeah, note couldn't do both. that either. Yeah. yeah, so you've got that, that buttery smooth refresh rate regardless of um, resolution. And I was a bit worried about battery life with, uh, mm. for running at full resolution. Um, but surprisingly, there's only a couple of hours difference between the full HD and, and the full H- and, sorry, the full and the HD WQHD. And, the, and the WQHD. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty um, good. Uh, yeah, so, it's, so you get about 12 and a half in our benchmark tests. You've got uh, 12 and a half hours with full HD and 10 and a half hours on WQHD, which is yeah. fairly decent. You know, it's not industry leading by any means. I What's it like me, in day-to-day use? Is that is it all day, day in a bit? Um, see, I, I think I'm a bit spoiled because I come from the 13 Pro Max and that has some of the best 
battery yeah. life. It's so, <laughs> sure. it's so funny um, we've gone from like iPhones being famously like no battery life, they yeah. die within four hours to like, oh, well, obviously I've, I come from the new iPhone and that just lasts for a week, whatever you do. Yeah, just they just creep up on you with these like killer features, <laughs> Apple. Just sneaky with it. Um, so yeah, I think even even with, even at the max resolution, uh, I squeezed, you know, comfortably got a day's use out of it uh, with what I'd call regular use, kind of playing, yep. a bit, playing some games every now and again, tweeting, do that kind of thing. But I don't think it, would get you through the second day. Uh, no. I don't think even dropping down to full HD plus would get you through the second day, to be honest. I mean, I, I think with any flagship phone, any anyone at this price, I, if you can get two days use out of the flagship yeah, yeah, on the Android good. side, then that's that's crazy. That, that None of them do that. Yeah. So you'd have to be a very, very light user to hit two days use on an Android flagship. I mean, I think most people are used to charging their phone every night at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I do anyway. Uh, so that, it, it was never I, really. I much can on a Pixel Six, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm quite light mm. users. Yeah, this is the thing. It, it depends on on your usage. Um, I imagine that people that use it far less than I do probably could squeeze a bit more out of it. But for me, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't quite enough. But yeah, it wasn't enough to alleviate the battery anxiety of me checking the icon every now and again. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's that's the that's that's you know that's when you know you've you've hit the mark where you're comfortable with battery life when you, you just don't, don't think even about think it. about it. Yeah, yeah, you just do. Um, we're not quite there yet, but they are closer. Um, not quite as fast as rivals on the fast charging. Uh, we're hitting 45 watts wired and mm -hmm. just 15 watts on the wireless front. Um, I mean, it's fine. You know, you're still getting a charge in under an hour, but when rivals have 120 watts and they're doing 90% charge in 15 minutes, it does kind yeah. of feel a bit, you know, and especially because the phone starts at, you know, 1150 pounds. It's... It's a lot of money. It does put it back in that space where you feel like you yeah. probably will end up charging it overnight rather yeah. than just doing a, a fast charge while you're in the shower or something like exactly. Some of the others, exactly. You know? Also, saw it. 15 on the wireless particularly seems very slow now. I've tested sure. the Xiaomi 12 and it's got 50. <laughs> it's like. I think the wireless the Pro is 50 as well, doesn't it? I'm always okay with slow wireless because if you're going to buy Qi wireless chargers, that's all that. Uh, you're only going to find a 5 or a 10 say. watt one anyway. You know, you, you have to buy the the first party fast charger to hit those speeds. Yeah. They cost 60, 70 quid. You're not going to buy more than one of them. And for me, the appeal of wireless charging is I can dot little Qi charging pads around my house and like in the spots where I sit on my desk next to my bed, next to the sofa, <laughs> you can have a little wireless charger. Yeah. And that's fine. They're cheap. But I'm not going to spend 50 plus pounds for a fast charger in each one of those positions. Yeah, and no. they've got fans in and they're noisy and, you know... Mm. I, I yeah, I, I appreciate it's always different for everyone, but for me those those really fast charging speeds I always go on the wireless. It doesn't it doesn't matter for me. But nah. I was also um, aware that the the charging the the disparity the gap between the twenty five watt charger and the Samsung official forty five watt charger is really small. The gains are not worth yeah, it. Yeah, so oh, I've seen really? that from people yeah, testing them. Yeah. yeah. So we, oh, we won't have to test that, but yeah, having read it elsewhere, apparently, yeah, it's just get the 25 watt because you're not going to get enough value oh, really? out of that additional 20 oh. watts. Yeah, it's not as good a 45 watt, I guess. All the 25 yeah. watts is particularly good. Well, it is funny. Samsung has a very efficient 25 watt standard. Yeah. We always talk about this. The wattage is actually not everything. There's different levels of efficiency in those. And Samsung's 25 is very good. Yeah. But I guess their 45 is is not not that great. Which is uh, funny. Um, what about the chipset? So you've been testing yeah. the Exynos version. Uh, yeah, sadly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> well, I saw that in your review. You mentioned that as like one of the key things. And I'm surprised because yeah. I feel like the gap was meant to be smaller than ever. 
Yeah, this is what I was expecting, especially with Samsung, you know, pairing up with AMD. They're talking about RDNA2 yeah. architecture in their chipsets and all this lovely stuff. I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is year that that they pull away from Qualcomm and we're seeing mm. some some nice stuff on, on the well, GPU. Well, it felt that way because last year they were almost on a par. Yeah. And it kind mm. of felt like, well, this is the year then Samsung actually pulls ahead on their trajectory. Um, yeah. But. But. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not the case. Um, so, so yeah. Um, you know, in everyday, I'm going to start saying in everyday use, you're not going to notice the difference. Sure. Like it's yeah, absolutely fine, no matter what version you get. You know, it's it's not going to struggle to run Twitter. It's not going to lag in, in Call of Duty. <laughs> I don't know. It's Twitter scrolling like... sometimes really messes. Actually, with do you know what? That is a, probably yes. a bad. That's a bad example. <laughs> bad you the S22 Ultra <laughs> has actually has an issue with the app um, that does cause really bad scrolling. But in general, <laughs> yeah. That's a general, specific bug that they're probably ho hopefully working on. But yeah. Hopefully, because it was horrible. Anyway, um, so yeah, in, in benchmarks test, um, I realized that compared to you know near identical phones with the 8 Gen 1, because we haven't got the 8 Gen 1 version of the S22 Ultra, annoyingly. Um, so yeah, we compared it to the Xiaomi 12 Pro, the uh, Find X5 Pro. Uh, you know, phones like that, the 8 Gen 1 with WQHD+, plus, um, 120 hertz, that kind of thing. And... The Samsung consistently came behind the rest in, in the graphics department. Interesting. Um, and it's just so, the graphics stuff. On, on CPU tests, yeah. they're on a par, right? It's just the oh, yeah. GPU side, it's just which of course GPU is where stuff. AMD's come in to help and somehow, <laughs> somehow broken it. Messed it up, yeah. <laughs> but like, the, well, like you said, like in real world usage, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. No, but the problem is when, when I feel like, I, I, at least me as a kind of tech educated buyer, if I'm spending this kind of money on a flagship device, that does matter because on principle, oh, yeah. it matters. Like hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And if you are a gamer and if you're buying this for you sure. want serious gaming performance, it will probably have a some effect on the frame rates you're getting. And yeah. depending on how you game on your phone, that may or may not matter to you. But equally, this is it when it's brand new, when it's keeping up to date with the games that have yeah. just released. If you're going to own the phone for three years, obviously it will start to lag behind games as games get more advanced in the next few years, and that gap will yeah. get more pronounced in three years from now maybe the gap between that and an HN1 phone will feel more substantial when you're playing yeah. Call of Duty Mobile 3 or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, I did find that dropping the resolution down to Full HD Plus kind of matched it in some some places, but yeah, but you shouldn't have you to shouldn't do need that. You shouldn't need to, yeah. yeah buying a, a phone that has that phone. resolution, you should be getting to make the most of it, right? Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. always the thing when and I moaned default. about battery life on... It was the Pixel that had the really bad battery life. Um, yeah. and, you know, and everyone was just like, oh, well, if you drop the resolution down and if you turn off the high refresh rate. And it's like, well, the phone has all these features. It should be able to run with them on. Uh, <laughs> Samsung does does um, set it to full HD plus by default, though, yeah. right, Lewis? Yeah, you, you have to turn on. Like a lot, a lot of their phones don't actually come out of the box at full res. You know there's yeah. people who never touch that setting and yeah, don't really. realize it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Paying all that money, and they think they're getting yeah. the full like, thing. Wow, this like, is whoa! Great. It lasts for two days. <laughs> I don't know what everybody's moaning about. This is fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not the biggest issue in the world, but it is a, a bit of an issue when you're paying, like I said, yeah. one thousand one hundred fifty pound for a phone. Like yeah. you want the best of the best. When you're geeking out yeah. on it, yeah. it does. And, and if you're in the US, you'll get the Snapdragon, and that will be fine. And if you're in, I think India is a Snapdragon. I can't remember every market, but a lot of places will get the Snapdragon, and this won't be an issue. But um, yeah. Certainly for Europe, it's the Exynos version, and you know we're back to that state where it feels like you're just not quite getting the best experience on that side. Yeah, I, I would easily recommend the S22 Ultra with the Snapdragon, but with the Exynos, it does kind of there's, hold there's an asterisk next to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a little 
well, it's fine. It's part of that but... half star, right? Yeah. That half exactly, star. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about camera? How's the camera? Um, so, yeah, the camera setup overall is fairly similar to last year. So, we've got a 108 megapixel main, we've got a 12 megapixel ultra wide, and then you've got uh, you've got a 10 megapixel three time zoom and a 10 megapixel 10 time zoom. Yep. Um, so there, but there is an improved ISP. There's some better apertures across the board. Um, so basically, it's just improvements to low light um, that I've noticed compared to uh, looking through Toddy's pictures from last year in, in his mm -hmm. review. Um, there is a marked improvement in the low light department. And, but my biggest surprise wasn't really low light, but the super zoom. Super oh, yeah. zoom, they the super zoom. They put oh, yes, some special sauce in that what algorithm that? this year. <laughs> I do not know what they have done. It's actually usable. Yeah, it's actually say? good, which it's is ridiculous good. to say. Yeah, which is, yeah, you know, I've I've ragged on the super zoom. Any any kind of extreme zoom like this since they started coming on phones, I think it's a stupid idea. Generally, um, nobody really needs it, but. Yeah, they. I mean, it still looks a bit Picasso-y. You know, it still looks a bit oil painted. It's not yeah, quite yeah. got the same level of detail as a standard uh -huh. photo does. But you can work out what what the picture is of. <laughs> so yeah. you know, they've done it. They've won. That's all they had to do. Uh, <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah. Still, did you find a single like use for it that was actually? Uh, I took a picture of the moon. Just like here's a test yeah. photo. Took that's a photo of the moon, yeah. Yeah. which was. I just that's just, yeah that's all you have to do with, with the super zoom you have to take a, fi a picture of the moon and I yeah this it's funny that you should mention uh, earlier Toddy about Huawei mapping the moon onto the oh yeah uh, the, the picture onto the moon because I feel like that's what happened here because it was so good I was like this can't like, there's like no this way. cannot be yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. so suspicious but uh, you know completely unfounded obviously um, but it is yeah it's very good on the super zoom um, yeah general nighttime photography is improved as well. Um, and it's got like a new shooting mode for the main camera, which kind of it combines it's it combines oh, yeah. like a a, a a pixel binned image with the full res image to kind yep. of give you the, the best, best of both worlds. Yeah, um, you know there are there are improvements to the overall kind of clarity of the picture. The details a little bit better, but it's not you know it's not game changing. I didn't think, um, mm. but you know it's fine. It's there. Uh, you've got. Uh, improvements on the video side as well so you've got 8k at 24 frames but it actually works properly during the <laughs> testing that i did <laughs> so that's always nice that's a nice change um, and they they tried to take on apple with the portrait video stuff oh, yeah. but that isn't quite as good because on samsung side you do need to have a face in the shot for it to blur out the background and stuff like that whereas right, on apple's yeah. side you can tap on whatever and it will just focus on that yeah. so not quite as advanced on that front but yeah kind of nitpicking at that point it's it's a niche feature. Uh, yeah. The camera is great. Uh, all of the cameras are fairly decent. Um, I found a lot of use actually for the three times and the ten times. Um, just mm. the standard mm -hmm. telephotos. Um, a, a good ten fed... times zoom, I get use out of. Yeah, yeah that yeah. versatility really is what I liked about. That, but, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. And I think um, Samsung doesn't really intend you to go further than that because the, the shortcuts are, you know, three, ten, yeah. and it stops at ten, and you have to kind of do an awkward kind of side swipe to get the enhance zoom out of it yeah um there is improvements to the ois on on the um super zoom as well um it because yeah it was really hard to kind of focus yeah i remember yeah i trying to yes you know once you once you hit that maximum zoom you're dying all over the place especially if you're trying to take a picture of the moon it's like it's there and it's gone and then but yeah so now <laughs> after a few seconds of you kind of holding it steady i think the phone understands that that's what you want to look at and it will try and track that Whatever it's essentially it is. using EIS to stabilize the shot from within what's there on the sensor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, 
technical magic. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, but it does work. It works. It was it was so much easier to use this time around than than other super zooms that I've used in the past. So nice. I think even with minimal changes, like it's a, it's a thumbs up on the camera. They were you know they were around the best last year. I think it's going to be the same this year. It's a very yeah. capable camera system. Nice. My main gripe, I think, is just dynamic range. From I mean, obviously, I haven't used the Ultra much, but the S twenty two Plus, I felt like dynamic range was still behind the curve. It was the same with the S twenty one Ultra. Like if you look at the comparison shots in my Pixel six Pro review. Bearing in mind, the, I'd say the 6 Pro and the iPhone 13 cameras are probably like the best right now. Yeah. For that, for that particular oh, attribute. Vivo, Vivo beats them on dynamic I haven't range. used any Vivo, so I can't speak. But it I certainly know beats the iPhone. Yeah, right. the Vivo right. beats wow. the iPhone on dynamic range, hands down. Well, that's not the, the one thing I think Samsung yeah. still needs to work on. And it, it doesn't sound like, I, you know, you, you focus on low light and yeah. zoom as like the main hooks here. Yeah. It makes me think that they haven't done a huge amount in that department. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine, but I wouldn't say I was. It was something that I noticed particularly in my shots, and I was like, "This is right. yeah, this is great." Yep. But yeah, um, I think I actually had the same people... thought on the the twelve, the Xiaomi twelve Pro. The dynamic range oh, really? was good, but not great. Though I do wonder if I'm spoiled by Vivo. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it, is yours all scratched up, Lewis? That's the main question I need. No. To do you know what? I don't know where all this controversy has come from. Probably because I don't. On have, I don't put two phones in my pocket because. I'm, I'm not would crazy this. You know, the funny <laughs> thing is, though, actually, having said that, I forgot I have had my 12 Pro get a bit scratched up on the back. It's picked up oh. the same thing everyone's complained about with the Ultra, which is micro scratches on the paint that oh, you really? can uh, see the gray, the gray underneath the, the black paint. So I, I, I must on here, but... be very lucky because, yeah, mine is I haven't used a case on it at all. There's no not a single mark on yeah, it. And good. I dropped yeah. this onto hard floors <laughs> and watched it. Watch it well, kind of go across the floor. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, there was a scary moment where after, like, it was after I read the reports of how badly scratched these can be, and it was before I took photos of it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is not going to be good. That's always the fear. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Right. So we four and a half stars Lewis gave yeah. to the S twenty two Ultra, um, which puts it on a par with the Oppo Find X five Pro in our in our current sort of 2022 flagship or you know super flagship ratings um xiaomi 12 pro was four stars so that's a little bit lagging yeah um, realme gt2 pro i think it was four stars as well yeah so oppo and samsung are in the lead right now we'll find out about oneplus soon enough because Ooh. uh march launch so we're we're finally going to get more on that soon and, and hopefully we'll we'll have one in our hands before too long to uh see how that stacks up it strikes me that I just have this odd feeling the OnePlus might end up being kind of similar to the Oppo. Don't know. Don't know what it is. It gives me that the real me. I think. Yeah, it might, the there might be a common thread between between their performance. Only that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, that will be enough for us this week. I think we will be back same time, same place next week. Uh, between now and then, I think Realme will be announcing the GT Neo Three oh, yeah. in China. So we will be talking about that next week. And I'm not sure what else. By then, I might have have an iPhone SE in my hands, so we can oh. once again complain about oh, the iPhone SE <laughs> and uh, see how much more I can annoy Apple's PRs. Uh, <laughs> until then, thank you to all of you guys for joining me on the show, and thank you to everyone who has been watching and listening. As always, bye for now. Bye. bye.